to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Welcome to today's show from Tavika. I'm Tula. And I'm Abby. And happy October. Yeah. All right. So as you know, we are currently doing a political special talking about the, the goods and the bads of modern politics, right? Yeah, American politics. All right. So what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about political perception. Interesting. 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 And before we get started, I just want to let y'all know we're currently doing a fundraiser for KYRS. And if you want to help support Tabby Cat, make sure to call now at 747-3807 or pledge securely online at our website, kyrs.org. Yes. Fall Fun Drive. Yes. Please call and help us out. Pledge some money. Become a member of KYRS and support young voices on the air. Yeah, we're going to keep bringing it up. So you're not going to forget. I promise. Yeah, we got your back. Okay. Um, yeah, so political perception. So we're going to start just kind of talking about colonization and um, how it was taught to us in school. Which is really interesting because when Abby and I were putting today's episode together, we were thinking about just talking about like the romanticization of American history, especially in the education system mm-hmm. and the way that we see a lot of history through the eyes of, you know, maybe not thinking white people are, quote, so bad. Right? Yeah, totally. So let's talk about kind of how how we saw American history in school. Yeah, I think for me, like the first thing that I really remember about American history is learning in kindergarten. Okay, so I went to a private school. So just to be clear, I don't know what the public schools taught, but like <laughs> it was like Thanksgiving with the pilgrims and the Indians. Their words, not mine. And, you know, like you dressed up like the pilgrims and the Indians and we used people's cultures as an excuse to dress up. Yeah, so... I, I kind of remember that in grade school, dressing up. Yeah. But we didn't really do that a lot. Like, when I was learning about American history, it was very much centered around, like, John Locke's social contract and yeah. um, manifest destiny. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Which is a really interesting concept, actually. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how we focus so much of this around um, government and government structure and how America got to be here. But really, the history kind of starts at in the late 1600s or you know at the earliest when Columbus came over in the 1400s when there's so much more history beforehand with indigenous cultures yeah and we really never got to learn about that which is unsettling once you get older and you you kind of look at American history from like a oh wow like this is what I missed out on learning because a lot of the most like the richest cultures and history are things that we didn't get to learn about as kids. Yeah, I feel like in public school or at least just kind of school generally, the history that we learn is so based around the West, not even just America, but like, you know, you learn about Rome and Greece and then you learn about Western Europe and you you never really get to Asian cultures and all of these African cultures and this rich history that you just never hear about because it's also centered around the West. Yeah, and like, I think the whole idea of Manifest Destiny is one we should kind of delve into a little bit, right? Yeah, totally. So Manifest Destiny was the idea that white people, mainly, should go and spread Christianity throughout all corners of the world. It was their destiny. It was their destiny. And we looked at this as a good thing as like, oh, we are we're sharing this light and this joy of religion with you. But what ended up happening is we ended up trampling not only a lot of other cultures, but a lot of other indigenous lives along the way. Well, and for some background, there was also a lot going on with Catholicism and different Mm -hmm. religions in Europe. Um, 
And so they're all kind of like, we want to make more people Catholic or more people Protestant or just more people our religion so that we will win against all of these other people. Um, And so really the intentions weren't super pure. It wasn't Mm -mm. like, we want to save all of these people and bring them to heaven with us. It was more just like... Unless you were a higher up in the religion, I feel like it was advertised to most followers that it was like this good-hearted thing. And like, I mean, (laughs) obviously if you were a follower and you looked more deeply into it, like, hmm, I don't know why we're having a death toll for like sharing this good thing called religion, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But honestly, it was more like, okay, well, the church is never wrong, so we're going to do this, right? Yeah. Um, Also, while we're at it, we're just going to say we're doing a fun drive right now for KYRS. This is true. And we want you guys to donate, so please call into the studio, 747-3807, or go on to uh, kyrs.org to pledge for us. Yeah. We we really need your guys' support for local radio. I know. It'd be nice to hear from some of y'all. Yeah. So just just say hi. And we'll be bringing that up a lot through the show. Make sure that you realize we are a nonprofit organization and we thrive off of our community. Yes. So if you want to help us out, call in. We need you website. I'd appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we, we're kind of, we taught, we were taught about white people and how they needed to spread Christianity. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> <laughs> um. And we were kind of taught white people came here because they were being persecuted, at least, you know, specifically when we get to American colonization. Mm -hmm. We were like, the Americans couldn't freely practice their religion. They were being taxed unfairly. So they had to come to America and destroy native cultures. That was their only choice. (laughs) Which is honestly how it was portrayed. It's like, okay, well, dang. I wanted to drink tea and not pay taxes on it. So I'm going to dump it all into the sea and flee Britain. Yeah. Uh, honestly. And that's the whole part of American history that we learned. I that's Honestly, the Boston Tea Party was probably uh, the thing I heard the most about. I know. It's so weird which parts we choose to focus on. Uh, very petty of us Americans. Yeah. We're like, May guys, 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 screw your tea. Yeah. Britain sucks. Oh, you think you're British, huh? You like tea, huh? Well, it's you want, in, you want to eat some tea, and it? it's in the ocean, yeah. Which, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> Tula and I just using very stereotypical British terms for the rest of the episode. No, yes. no, thank you. But um, yeah. So basically, we felt that we had the right to treat indigenous people horribly, and I think that really, I, I mean, you can't get rid of that in history. It just trails on to today. True. And then let's go into another part of like may probably like the romanticization of history, yes. which is war. A lot of wartime, right? Yeah. I feel like the Revolutionary War just like, I, I don't know. It's for me, I've never lived through like a, a great world war. And so it's hard for me to picture these wars as really serious things that happen because it's, you know, wars lasted years, like mm-hmm. years. years, And a lot of people freaking died. But we don't talk about that because it was the Revolutionary War and America rebelled against Britain and did not have to pay taxes on tea without representation. Yeah. And here we go again with war being like white people versus, in this case, more white people about, I don't know, matters that probably could have been resolved. Guys, do you want to hear about white people fighting? Come to my family Thanksgiving. I know. (laughs) Do you guys do a lot for Thanksgiving? 
Not really. Yeah, me neither. Because Thanksgiving is a uh, colonizer holiday. That I mean, although I, I do really think that Thanksgiving is a nice way to celebrate the things that you are grateful for, but um, the things that it symbolizes maybe not so great, right? Okay, um, so government formation. Uh, we learned, we were just talking about this earlier, but we learned so much about the separation of powers and not having a monarchy and the judicial and executive and legislative branches and all of these really important things that are fundamental to understanding how the American system of government works. Um, I think my problem with it is that it is always the greatest system in the world. There True. is no talking about par- parliamentary systems or any other kind of systems, more than two-party systems. Um, it's just always this is the system. And we can't really have any discourse about other systems because uh, history is so focused around exclusively America. And mainly the reason why is because it's unfamiliar territory. And as we've seen throughout history... We aren't too fond of unfamiliar territory. And when it comes to observing other potential governmental systems like parliamentary, we we immediately reject it without knowing anything really about it, right? Yeah, well, and I think we can know broad terms to throw around when we're talking about our system. Yeah. But it's... I feel like it's so hard to get an extensive view of why we actually did what we did. Um... Because people don't pay attention during their classes when they're actually learning it. And the cl- and the parts where they are paying attention are the parts that are just so severely biased towards no, America. No, 100%. Um, okay, so, you know, I think... I think... I'm so sorry. Guys, I just got my wisdom teeth out last Wednesday. <laughs> and so I, I'm just having a hard time talking. Uh, Tula, you, you take it. All right. So specifically after looking at government formation, we really realized that American history comes down to the idea that winners write the textbooks. Yes. If maybe the war went a different way, obviously we wouldn't have seen the textbooks written the way they, they were. And it's not only America that, of course, has those biases like... I mean, if I if I was in a different country, they probably would teach their history in a better light, right? Yeah, because totally. we don't want to... They're not trying to raise kids to be, like, you know, anti-America. Yeah, they want the nationalistic... Yeah, not that that worked. <laughs> yeah. But th- the idea behind it was, like, okay, well, let's paint America in a good light, right? Yeah, because you want the country to keep going how it's going if you're these people that are in power, and so you need people to want to support it. Yeah, and, um, you know doesn't always work yeah um so i think we're gonna move on to kind of like pop culture and i am going to make a very schnazzy transition here um so when we're talking about who writes the textbooks it's kind of about who is the person who ends up telling the story um hamilton reference (laughs) i'm so sorry the amount of times abby's tried to make me watch it with her is please tula thanks and we're gonna talk about the controversy around hamilton too because i'm not I'm not a blind supporter. Um, so I think it's really interesting to talk about Hamilton because we have these founding fathers portrayed as very like human, funny, like they're just they're just average guys, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that uh, the director portrayed them as uh, people of color also mm-hmm. because I think it kind of it's interesting and it's cool that we can have representation there. But that's not actually how it happened. No, it is not. Um, and so I think sometimes it can kind of glaze over all of the horrible things that the founding fathers did and um, 
so that's you know that's kind of the controversy around it is it an educational storytelling or is it propaganda (laughs) again i saw hamilton once in multiple different parts in history class um that's my only experience with it so i'm letting abby kind of take the reins on the controversy of it well yeah i just think it's interesting to talk about just like anything if we're covering a news story where's the bias right um yeah, and so I think it. I, I think the thing in, with Hamilton is that no matter how you see it, it can at points portray um, the founding fathers or the framers as heroes. Yeah. Um, and you know, Tula, you can you can talk about how how that can it, it can be bad for American people to think of founding fathers as heroes mm-hmm. um, because they're the. That the portrayals of the Founding Fathers were unfair? Um, kind of. I do. I think so because, I mean, you know, George Washington was a slave owner. Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner. And obviously, you know, you can't fit that much into two hours. But it's hard to just gloss over all of the horrible things. I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) But... I mean, I also get that it's it's a palatable way to learn about American history. Right. I think it has been very educational for a lot yeah. of people. And we'll talk about how politics has become more mainstream right after this break. Yeah. But make sure you don't forget that currently KYS is doing a fall fundraiser to raise money for this station that is a nonprofit. And yes. if you want to support us, Tabby Cats, during this holiday season... Make sure to call 747-3807 or pledge online at our website, kyrs.org. I'd really, really appreciate it. Yeah, we would love that. Just remember that KYRS is built on you guys, on the community. You are the ones who are listening. And without you, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. So if you're feeling if you're feeling thankful like Generous. we are, feeling, I don't know, spooky, feel free to donate. You want to treat us? <laughs> We'd love to hear from y'all. All right, we'll be back after this. <laughs> Bye. Do you remember when radio was king? Well, neither do we. But we remember when radio was fun. And that's what you get on the Vinyl Hour Radio Show every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. We're not talking about the slime oozing out from your TV set. That's right. We're talking about some serious musical fun found on the Vinyl Hour Radio Show Thursdays from 8 to 10 p.m. exclusively on KYRS. Where we always give good radio. She said to me she wants to go to Portland. There's not a thing that's nearly as important. We could drive all night. We'll get there in the morning. What's one long drive? Haven't you seen my bad habits as of lately? Maybe it's not a pleasant tree. Let's go soon to get there nice and early. What's one long drive?
straight to the point. I found marijuana in the house. And while I never thought of myself as the type of father who'd have to drug test his kids, I'm willing to do just that if that's what it takes to find out who brought a joint into this house. Dad, Lucy found something too. Dad. Oh my God, hi. Welcome hi back. guys, how are you? Again, I'm Tula from Tabby Cat. And I'm Abby. And another great reminder, we are currently doing a fundraiser in studio for KYRS our nonprofit radio station. And if you are kind enough to donate, make sure to call now at 747-3807 or pledge online at kyrs.org. Yes. Yeah, I'd love it if you did. Yeah, we're we are this radio station desperately needs local supporters like you. Yeah, I know, right? You guys are the ones who listen this to us. True. And we couldn't be doing this without you. <laughs> Again, also true. So let's jump right back into where we were with how politics has fallen into the mainstream. And is that a good or bad thing? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I think one of the really big things that we saw earlier this year was uh, with the, the Instagram blackout. Ugh, yeah. For those of you who are not on Instagram, what happened was during this big Black Lives Matter support surge, which was great, wonderful, uh, people were like, okay, let's post black squares and black out our Instagram feeds for a day because that is going to support black people. Um, and so everyone did it. So let me break down why this is negative. Yes. So because the support is a good thing. First off, the main people that did this blackout were was literally like people who had not had been silent about the Black Lives Matter movement. No research. No nothing. Have said nothing about it. And the only thing that they did was post this black square. And it was for this blackout, but it kind of defeats the purpose because you're crowding out um black voices by covering people's feed with just black squares and if you looked on any of the hashtag black lives matter whatever it was completely blacked out and we couldn't see really important messages and voices from real people of color yes and it's totally fine if you didn't know that i have a lot of friends that ended up posting it yeah and um yeah i know there are still some people that have it up shrug yeah it's it's not like it you know moved the movement back or anything it's just we can talk a lot about performative activism. Um, let's do it. Yeah, let's talk about it right now. I think performative activism has gotten such a boost from social media recently. Um, people, it's just a lot easier to make it look like you are a good, you know, quote unquote, good person um, by posting or reposting things on your Instagram story. Um and the point really is of posting those sometimes to make yourself look like a good person when what the point should really be is to educate yourself and to support these different movements and really become involved in these social issues. Yeah. And I think the focus of that kind of, uh, you know, it gets led astray. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I kind of wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Abby got mad at me for using big words, but I kind of <laughs> want to talk about the aestheticization of modern politics and how we see for example the black lives matter movement be turned into something that's like hello kitty says a cab and lots of these things that kind of make uh these the more violent parts of the movement these serious issues more palatable and i don't think this is an inherently bad thing like i don't want to put anyone down for being active in politics through making making your statement look cute or whatever yeah but what we have to realize is that Posts like this and um, expressions of certain pol- political views like this 
um, are not a supplement for educating yourself. Yes. You can, I, I feel comfortable saying that you can, you can like these and you can repost these things, but it can't be the only way you're getting your information. Yeah. <laughs> you need to, you need to hear black voices for real and you need to do your research and you need to read. And like, if you want to act like you're, you're politically aware and you know what you're talking about, you need to know what you're talking about. Yeah, it really isn't your own opinion if you're reading an Instagram post and no, then deciding that that's what's true. Yeah, and I think a really important thing to talk about within social media is like, hmm. I mean, I guess we can kind of jump ahead to what we were talking about. Yeah. Like the effects of making political movements mainstream and like how it's come to be, especially over the pandemic. I want to talk about TikTok. Okay, let's talk about TikTok. So I'm on TikTok. You're on TikTok. Everyone's on TikTok. Everyone's on TikTok. Everyone and if, their if, mom. Yeah. If you are, if you don't know, if you have a smartphone, you probably heard about it. You've probably seen an ad for it. TikTok is a social media video-based platform where people post practically whatever you want. You've mm-hmm. got a For You page that's eventually tailored to the content you like to view. And it has birthed a whole new generation of, quote, leftists, I'd like to say. Yes. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like, there is a lot of um, really smart and educated people on TikTok that are sharing facts and opinions. And that's what social media is for, right? Yeah, there are so many ways to be politically engaged and so many reasons to. Um, And these reasons that are given on, like, platforms like TikTok and Instagram, those are valid reasons. Um, I think sometimes it's just a little distracting. Yeah, and sometimes we see movements like BLM become a trend. Yes. And then it takes away from from the violence and the hurt and the pain that black people have endured during yes. this movement and why it's a movement because it's it's a trend. Well, and because like you were saying with those like Hello Kitty posts and stuff, it, it makes it look cute and these things are not cute. Black people getting murdered. It's not cute. It, not cute. It's like I feel like we're we're taking this and we're being like, oh yeah, like a cab and all this and these are these are good ideas to be educated on but like it's it's almost a showcase of white privilege like seeing a bunch of white girls post like hello kitty says a cab and then like you know seeing like black protesters get called thugs and whatnot when and, like yeah. you can it, it's almost like taking advantage of like your privilege in the movement i'd say yeah because you can press two buttons and you can post that and make yourself look like a good person but you're not actually using any of your time or resources to support this movement and support these people who are really being impacted by yeah this issue. but instead of just saying instead of just crapping on people who are doing that what are good ways that you can help out yes Okay, well, one of them, actually, is donating to KYRS because KYRS supports progressive voices. This is true. Um, So we would really encourage you to donate to KYRS. Uh, Call now 747-3807 or pledge securely online at kyrs.org. But other ways, also. Yeah, if you want to be active in political movements and other than just in your community, like through KYRS, signing petitions and being educated is the best way. Because yes. the worst possible thing is to have ignorance crowd out important voices, right? Yeah. Signing so, petitions, going to protests, really important things. Being donating, involved in local organizations, yeah. for sure. And I think something I also want to cover that I think is super important is reposting posts on Instagram. And you were talking about this too, so why don't mm-hmm. you take the reins a little bit on like... Um, pages like impact or change yeah uh, so I think these these in, you know the informational posts are really 
cool because they give you a lot of information and a little bit of a in like a cute little a little package um but sometimes they can be they make it so that you don't have to do your own research um and that isn't the best at times because then we kind of all get the same information and we all end up posting the same thing. I've seen it happen so many times. Mm -hmm. And so the same information is just circulated and there's no real new ideas and we're not, we're not getting anywhere. We're in a, we're in an echo chamber. Yeah. And honestly, hmm, it's just weird because like, I just want to make it clear that posting on Instagram is not a bad thing. Yes. Sharing these posts is good in addition to doing your own research and learning and what we see in social media is a crowd out of of personal research due to like a herd opinion yes which is detrimental in in like i mean the whole point of politics being at all sound and not corrupt is like every person is getting their own political opinions right yeah and abby and i disagree on some things in politics inevitably yeah. because we did our own research and we're different people your views should almost never like uh, you know completely and forever align in the same wording with everyone else's right which i think is part of the problem with the system that we have right now is that people feel like they have to identify as fully democrat or fully republican yeah. in order to vote for one of the candidates just because those views are held so strongly and there's no room for any compromise it's it's literally not even voting for candidates as much as it is voting for parties at this point yeah because i i mean it's so like it's so odd right now especially like because we look at this election and we see even republicans being like there's no way i'm voting for trump again yeah and, I mean, that shouldn't be such an abnormal thing. Like, the two-party system is really just another way to divide people. Yeah, that's definitely how it's going right now. Um, yeah, so I think just this performative activism, we've talked about it, it, it can just be really difficult. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just think it's important to be educated. Yeah. And we can move on to another part of that, which is, like, distracting from main issues with smaller things. Yeah, I, okay, this is really something that's frustrating for me. Um, recently, I've been seeing a lot of posts. I think one that I saw was like, uh, why this Disney movie is racist, like a children's Disney movie. And although that is an important, like, yes, that that's horrible. That's awful. That should not be the case. Um, but <laughs> I think there are more important things that are happening that are more uh, influential in certain issues, like, for black people um and i'm white i don't decide what the important things are um but i think there are different ways that we can be spending our resources and energy rather than trying to get disney to do what take down them like i think we need to be clear about what our intentions are going into something before we do it yeah and okay. what's the goal? What are we trying to accomplish by saying this? So another thing about making politics mainstream is we're reaching we're reaching all sort of audiences, right? Yeah. There is bound to be not only backlash, but also just like sub movements, right? Yes. So we saw with Black Lives Matter movements like Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, that even if someone who like I've met people who are All Lives Matter and mainly just because <laughs> they're uneducated like truly about um you know what's going on and whatnot okay um yeah but sub movements like black lives matter and all lives matter are things that like yeah 
I, it really is distracting. It takes away from like how the importance of any other movement, right? Yeah. And it's it's not like you're radical about that idea. You're just, you know, anti-Black Lives Matter, yeah. which is weird. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to remind you that we are doing this fundraiser for KYRS. And thank you to my grandma Dina for donating money to us. Thank you. $120. We appreciate yes. it. Yes. And if you want to also make a contribution to KYRS, our nonprofit radio station, make sure to call right now at 747-3807. And we will clap these little plastic hands for you. Yeah, I will say your name on air. What an honor. Anything counts. Right? Thank you so much. Anyway, we'll get right back into it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think since we're talking about social media, I want to talk about... Um, political figures presence on social media because that's been a really big thing um i don't know for how long because i have not been active in politics for you know more than like five years true but, but i feel like i've just seen it grow even since i've been on social media and involved in politics um who let donald trump have twitter <laughs> I that is this in the notes. that is the point that that was legitimately a point that we have written down yeah. Who let him have Twitter? It's so funny seeing, like, the president on Twitter, like, getting mad at people. And honestly, I get that, uh, you know, he might be, like, a real person, maybe. Eh. Meh. But, like, it's just so funny to see, like, you know, people having Twitter beef when they also, like, are in charge of the entire government and could start a war at any given moment. Yeah. And people with like a that. lot of power yeah. getting involved in petty Twitter fights. It's Interesting. <laughs> It's just like if you think that like the this like the fact that I as a 15 year old can be like wow my president is being immature is not something I should experience very often. Yeah. But I don't think that political figures having social media is an all around bad thing. Yeah. I think um something that's really been interesting to see is how specifically Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been using her platform to get young people involved. Um she did like a Twitch live stream the other day. Oh my god! She <laughs> yeah. just like played some video games. And honestly, there were a lot of uh, people on the far right side of politics that were really mad about it, being like, "She's brainwashing the kids. She's like taking advantage of this thing that they like." And honestly, if you had watched any clip from that live stream, she is literally just having a good time. And I don't think it was really political at all. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see how political figures will try to appeal to people mm -hmm. or. Uh, try to relate because I mean these people are people th yeah. these representatives that we have that are uh, you know supposed to be representing us in government they are people who do the same things that we do they live in pretty much the same world that we do true um, they have a lot more influence than we do but um, and so it's interesting to see how they will relate to uh, their constituents. Yeah, and I think it's honestly a really nice thing to see people kind of trying to like get down with the youth and just get encourage the youth. just yeah. encouraging voting in general because if you are 18, I better see you voting this year. If I don't see you voting, yeah. Th that's it. It's over for it, you. It's over. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm putting you in timeout. I I if you don't vote this year, I'm I'm so mad at you. Please do. Please. I can't vote. We can't vote. Yeah. You're doing it for us on our behalf. Yeah. Please vote on our behalf. Thank you. Yeah. I think what's interesting um, is like, where do we draw the line separating authority figures like 
um, Donald Trump or AOC or whoever from us like Mm. do we want them to be these far away dc politicians or do we want them to be people who are just like us who represent us because i think for a while um you know i think part of the reason donald trump got elected was because people are so fed up with the slimy politicians in dc and donald trump is just a person just like the rest of us (laughs) yeah finally someone who's not a politician in office (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. but this kind of bleeds into our point talking about like how much power should the president really have and why does the president control everything in America? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because when you do look back, if we're going to go back to talking about uh, American history and government formation and stuff, uh, the framers, they didn't want the executive branch to have all the power. They wanted the legislative. Well, they thought the legislative branch was the most powerful, Um, the lawmaking branch, Congress. Um, That does not seem to be how it's turned out. but it's interesting because people view the president as like the end all be all. Like if Donald Trump is in office, the Republicans have won. Yeah. And that's not really true because you also have to consider, you know, laws get passed through Congress. Well, we, we see the president as the person who will smash down the big red button that detonates the entire world. Yes. And while in some aspects, I guess that's true, we have to realize that without the negative connotation presidents are are a puppet or a show for kind of like the entire government they're the figurehead yeah and that's not a bad thing it's just kind of how politics works because if the government was controlled by one person that is called a dictatorship and that hasn't gone too well in the past yeah i mean that's why people have such beef with executive orders right um (laughs) so yeah it's interesting to think about why we feel that the president has all the power because i think you know no matter how democratic of a government we have we still want to put one person in a position of power like somewhere deep within us we want one person to be the one who has all the power yeah and (laughs) deep within us i mean i would want that to be me (laughs) yeah i've truly i want the power tula you can't have the power Uh oh Abby and Tula fight on air for the dictatorship of the United States. Yes. No, but we will get right back (laughs) into fast-moving politics right after this break. But fair reminder, guess what? Right now, we are having a fall fundraiser for KYRS. And don't forget that KYRS's mission in the community, our radio station is a forum for members, especially those underrepresented by other media sources, to express their ideas, opinions, and concerns. And if you want to help our community, make sure you donate and pledge and call at 747-3807 or pledge online at krs.org and become a member for a cool sticker. Yes, support progressive perspectives. Right? And we will be right back with you after this break. Be right back, guys. Bye. Did you know bodybuilding originated in ancient Persia? What? No! No, it originated in Austria! You can take a look at my giant muscles! You want to touch them? No, I'm busy making a promo for my show, The Persian Hour. The Persian Hour? I love that show! Listen to The Persian Hour, 12 to 1, Saturdays, or I will terminate you. KYRS wants your brand new car! Well, not really. Yes, indeed, it's a great feeling to finally get another car after the old one's been breaking down over and over. It's another great feeling to get even more use out of an old car. Here's how. Donate it to KYRS. Car donors get a membership, a tax deduction, and the satisfaction of really helping out. Just call toll-free 855-KYRS 
car. That's 855-597-7227. Hong Kong! Got a permit for my brown skin. I can shout it from a mountain. Y'all wouldn't care. It's tough action. Captive, but how you free if you're captive? Someone tell me what's happening. I'm getting tired of the accusations. Only cause I'm brown, they call immigration. Throw me out, can't speak your language. Ain't no such thing as United Nations. Who's really united? I'm trying to be united. We need an RB1, bro. Hi, and welcome back. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, okay, so we're getting right back into political perception. Right, and that way, that, wow, that was Lift Yourself Too by Charles Goose, in case you were wondering. Yeah, great song, Tula. Thank you. Okay, so I think one thing that I've noticed this year is there are just, I mean, things move so quickly. In politics. I know, this One is One thing crazy. happens, and then another thing happens, and then the last thing is forgotten about before you can even say hi. 2020 has been so intense that the only way we've learned how to cope with it is by turning it into a meme. The That's government, true. The government shut down in January. Donald Trump was impeached by the House of Representatives. This is crazy news. I remember the government was shut down for like, I don't know, 19 days or something. The longest the government has ever been shut down. Um... And then, you know, <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. And we were like, oh, well, I guess this is more important. And then the pandemic decided, oh, I'm actually going to last a year. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think Things this is happening. This is really important to observe because especially in this age of technology, everything is coming at us at a million miles per second, right? Yeah. And so especially when it comes to things like politics, it's almost impossible not to treat things like a trend, which is yeah. why being active in political movements is so difficult, right? I think it's really hard to stay focused around the message of what we're doing, what what our main point is, what are we trying to accomplish right now? Um, and it's really hard to remember when there are 20 things happening every day yeah, you, that you're trying to keep track of. You go and you look like you look at the news and you're like, wow, look at this thing. And then you see 19 other headlines of important and almost impossible things that are going on here and on other sides of the world that are potentially detrimental to our society. Yeah, it's it's hard to stay on target. Right? Almost impossible. Yeah. And another thing I want to talk about in reference to the pandemic is how much it's changed the youth's political like interference in general and this ties back to my statement about tiktok and how like something about it like the education that we are getting from like all these people has i would say almost made our generation left-leaning yeah like through this pandemic we've seen the black lives matter movement really come to a climax and we've seen hundreds of thousands of people protesting the streets mainly young people yeah and this comes from the presence that the Black Lives Matter movement has had on social media. I think our generation is finally coming to its senses. I mean, we're young, so yeah. we're kind of coming into ourselves and being like, "What? what's happening? And we're kind of getting fed up. I feel like observing like the parallel between Donald Trump's presidency and basic human rights has really given our generation an opportunity to explore and get comfortable in our own political views, right? Yeah, totally. And... Like, I just think it's really important that our generation has become a little bit more left-leaning. Yeah. Because think about when we can vote, right? We can vote pretty soon. Pretty Some of our shortly. generation is already voting. I know, right? I have friends That's who That's really vote. weird to me. Yeah. It's cool, though. Yeah. And again, we've done a lot of things in this pandemic, right? Yeah. And you can do one more thing in this pandemic called donating to our nonprofit organization, KYRS. Yes. And... Don't forget that we thrive completely off of your donations. And some cool things you can get is you if you just want to pledge $3 this month, you can get a basic membership, a newsletter, and a bumper sticker. And pledge up to $100 this month for a premium business membership. Includes a full year of announcements on the KYRS program of your choice. One month as a KYRS Tower Guardian, framed business membership certificate, pair of free tickets to one KYRS event, bumper sticker, and the new KYRS mug. Y'all, you want the mugs. I know, right? I'm kind of envious. We have a picture of us in the studio holding a mug. Right? I know. It's a mug shot. <laughs> You're right. And if you want to join us, become a member of KRS and support our young voices, call now at 747 3807 or pledge on our website, krs.org. Thank you. So something I've been thinking about is what makes something a big deal in the media? Because, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement has, it's kind of come in waves up and down over the last, however, you know, forever, honestly. Yeah. Um, but this year it's it's really hit its stride. So why is that a big deal? Why is it a big deal now? Why does it feel like change is finally starting to happen? I think hmm, this is a hard thing to put a finger on, but... Again, tying it back to social media. And I'd say it's really it, like we're just fed up. Yeah. Because I see it 
especially within this generation of like the world being placed on our shoulders it's like okay well here's all the times we've messed up now here is all the problems that you have to fix with no guide on how to fix them yeah and i feel like we are frustrated and frustration leads to revolt yeah i think that to be simple that's the only way i can really put it i think part of it is like privileged people are finally getting a clue <laughs> yeah like, that's actually true myself included it's it's just finally people are you know getting a little shaken up which is good because that's what needs to happen for change to happen well yeah and like with Donald Trump being in presidency, racism has been a little bit less under the table. Uh, yeah, it's been a little more blatant. Yeah, and so I feel like it's more like really subject to the public eye. And it's not like you have to look for it. Not that you really did, but now especially, it's like thrown in your face. Yeah, like probably stand back and stand by. Are you kidding? Like there are just things you can't deny at this point, right? He refused to condemn white supremacy. And... When it comes to things like this, it's almost impossible to ignore. Like, either you accept that there is racism in the government or you are just racist and are fine with it. And, like, yeah. that has really been the ultimatum that has pushed our generation in the progressive direction. Yeah, there's not there's not an in the middle anymore. It's like you have to choose to either be anti-racist or be racist. Right. And, you know, I feel like that's another reason why we have this platform. We are here as, like, the generation that's expected to, like fix everything yeah and i wanted to take the last five minutes of our show to really talk like to you guys about why we're here yeah so tula and i had a little bit of a podcast we made like five episodes over the course of a whole year <laughs> it was really fun honestly yeah, really fun not very consistent yeah um and then we we kind of got the idea that we wanted to be a little more we wanted to have more influence yeah um, we wanted to be able to talk about these issues with more people um, to make our voices heard mm -hmm. and our generation's voice heard. And I think that something that's really important to hear from from one 15 year old to potentially another is if you have a dream of sharing your opinion of doing good, go out and do it. Yes. And here we are doing that thing. And that's why it's so important that you donate to our fundraiser, because the reason that we are here getting to share our opinions and our ideas with you guys is because of you, right? Yeah. Any small difference that we can make in your lives or that you can make in this organization's life, that matters. Yeah. And we were just talking about, like, what can you really do to support your community? And this is one of those things. And, like, this station has given me an opportunity to really get into research and get into politics and like have an excuse to really learn and share my opinion with people and i think that is probably the most important thing i've gathered from 2020 absolutely i agree um yeah so that's kind of why we're involved with kyrs so again and we're so proud to be a part of this station yeah too. if you are feeling generous and you want to donate call now at 747-3807 that's 747-3807. Or you can pledge online at kyrs.org. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, and remember, perception is everything. How we teach, learn, and view things matters. Educate yourself and remember to support your local organizations. We love you guys. Yeah, anyway, we'll make sure to see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. This is KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. We'll see you all next week. Bye.